Hello. I'm glad you're here. I'm lead media disruption developer Kai Hubers, and this is EurigaCast Now, where we discuss the latest optimizations, innovations, and disruptions in science. And you know what? This week, also technology. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. What's up, Rowan? Hello, and a cornucopia of mirth as we come out of this most rollicking of celebrations right this the celebrations that we've just experienced uh, probably the most rollicking uh the most joyous time of the year would you agree with that rowan well it depends there are many aspects of joyousness but in right. terms of it's certainly the most um uh giggle filled time of the year and 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 the beginning of joy is always a good giggle if right. i may say so and yeah truthfully we could not even record last week Perhaps I'm sorry that we could not release a new episode of this show last week because we were too busy, at least here at Tech Brothers, cleaning up after what went down in everybody's favorite holiday, uh, April Fool's Day, just last week. Yeah, no, uh, we uh, we have a, quite a bit of fun here at the uh, Simon Amy Institute oh, of Spirit really? Science. We really do. But um, I was uh, wondering. I, I I have. I don't to... know. I like. I sometimes see those. See those. See you know those your peers over there, your comrades. Uh, with their, you know, their tight buttoned up shirts, and I wonder if they really have any fun ever. Oh, we have all <laughs> uh, the 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 hijinks that ensue. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have to admit, no matter how much of a of a of a production of, for these pranks or these sh- shenanigans, uh, normally we do not need a week off to recuperate, recover. Uh, oh, so well, yeah, I, would, we... I, would, I would love to hear your explanation uh, for that, Kai. Well, yeah, just last, just, uh, just last Thursday, it was at Tech Brothers. If you work here at Tech Brothers or you work or you work or live within a few miles of the server nook neighborhood of Chicago, you have to be alert the entire day because the minute you take your eye off of your surroundings, that's when they hit you. Uh, for example, I rigged my desk with fluorescent dye packs, which are also mixed with some heavy synthetic oily perfumes uh, that would catch anybody who tried to uh, tried to hit my desk in the middle of the night. Let me tell you, uh, three or four of the packs did go off, and I know who it was because it's going to be impossible to wash that off their clothes. Is are, are setting traps a common occurrence for? for your software development company? Well, I mean, if you are in media, the new media laboratories, then 100%, because new media laboratories is, uh, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be really big, I don't want to have a big head here, but we are the kings of uh, of April Fool's Day, year in and year out, and this year was no different, because we hit the microbiolabs pretty hard this year, and let me tell you, I don't think they saw it coming because they didn't. They had no traps prepared. Let's uh, well, well, let's uh, let's hear about it then, Kai. What what did you do to well, the microbiolabs? labs? Well, I you know let me just set the scene here. The 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 friends, our friends over there at the microbiolabs, labs. Uh, as soon as they as soon as they tapped their key cards against the laboratory doors the next morning on Friday, you know, Friday you're feeling pretty good. You have a whole week coming ahead out of, of the week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, as soon as they opened it up, they knew something was wrong because they heard steel slide guitar, uh, guitars start playing. That's the thing. You want to hit them at night because the next day they're they're less prepared for it. Okay. All right. Um, and it still counts because it's still the it's still April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day doesn't stop until midnight. Um, Certainly. So they hear steel slide guitar music starts playing. Um, where are those speakers coming from? We installed them overnight. 
And they, as soon as that, they'd look over towards their, you know, their precious petri dishes incubating over there. And uh, and what they saw was uh, we placed all those petri dishes on lounge chairs and beach towels and under little umbrellas because we'd installed some pretty heavy-duty UV lamps right above them. Effectively, uh, I don't have to tell you, those petri they, they weren't looking too good by that point. And and this was uh, uh, the work of your colleagues? Media, yeah, New Media Labs. We, uh, we really pulled out the big guns for that one. We also had a, in the center, we had a few... Uh, a few rotisserie spits slowly turning, and if you really looked at them close, you'd see that a few yeast cells were on them. So, uh, so you know, a little, little feast. A little, little, a little luau, perhaps. A little luau, perhaps. And, uh, and let me tell you, piece de resistance. This one wasn't easy. This one really wasn't easy because you, you had to create, you know, the size really mattered in this one. Oh, okay. But we were able to get right up into their microscopes, and we were, we were able to use laser etching to, to etch dark fluorescent covered or i should say like colorful colored sunglasses right on each of their lenses on they, their microscopes yes on their microscopes mm-hmm. well that's that's certainly yeah, you sh- i, I, I bet you they did not see their, that coming you should have seen their faces they uh you know it was all in good fun and let me tell you we were no i mean there's a lot of intralab uh you know intralab pranks going on there are some unflattering videos released on social media accounts there are some good natured doxing you know that sort of thing so our new media labs was no uh you know was was not safe from from that sort of thing um but i can tell you every single year although there is some bickering and and, and some you know competition between the laboratories mm. and the researchers mm-hmm. at tech brothers we always sort of gear up we always sort of team up at the end of the year to pull a big one on the boys down in the warehouse. Oh, you and all of the other all of the other laboratory people. Mm-hmm. Every single laboratory, from the robotics labs, microbio labs, polysci labs, you name it, we all team up and put our combined wits and intelligence and really pull one over on the boys uh, downstairs who are you know putting things in packages and, and working on the assembly assembly lines and stuff. And uh, let me tell you, this year we got them really good because they thought they were out of it. It was eleven fifty nine on April first. PM. Yes, eleven fifty nine PM. Um it, and of course it was the night crew, so you know, they're a specific, you know, I should say breed. <laughs> and uh and we really we they were in for a surprise because we released we didn't want to hurt anybody, but right as the clock as the clock chimed eleven fifty nine, we released gallons and gallons and gallons of all natural coconut oil. Just enough Oh, I love coconut oil. All over the floor. Just enough to get them <laughs> slipping all around over themselves. And then you know what we did? We played yakety sax right over the loudspeaker. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun that night. And you know, I know there might be concerns about the safety. It's okay. We host them off when we were done. <laughs> well I bet they all had a a, a big chuckle out of yeah, that too. Our, our machines were down for at least a few hours. Some of them for a few days but uh, i think it was all worth it well that's what you pay for the downstairs crew to do right exactly we save up all year well uh, well i can see how that would take a, a a good amount of time to recover from certainly that's a lot of effort that yeah. really is well, Rowan, come on you're holding out on us what did what happened to what did, how did your april fools go okay all right well so i have a bit of a uh, a little bit of a rivalry uh, mm. a prank rivalry with an associate oh, of mine kind. oh of course a little bit of a prank war one might say mm-hmm. every year it flares back up around this time of year mm-hmm. so uh, uh this friend this associate of mine dr i am at uh we 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 go back and forth and this right. year 
I never saw it coming. He got me really good. I was, okay, come on. I came in April 1st, Thursday morning. Nice. I'm still a little bleary eyed. Uh-huh. I'm still get, recovering from getting that's out your, of bed. That's your first mistake. Oh, it was because I was not I was not paying attention to my morning tea. I was steeping uh-huh. my morning tea. A nice Earl Grey uh-huh. in the morning. That's what I prefer with mm-hmm. a little bit of honey. But I was let it alone. I come right. back. I put my honey in. Right. I put my lemon in. Okay. I take a sip. Okay. And you would never guess what it was. What? Chamomile. <laughs> he got me so good. Oh, um, is it a different kind of tea? Yeah. It's oh. completely different flavor profile. <laughs> but you should hear what I did good. back to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him Definitely. back really great. The, re- the, the revenge ones are always yeah. the best. Oh, of course. Of course. So later in the day, okay. he is making his lunch. Uh-huh. And he himself likes a little bit of a chai, a little chai. Right, you know? right. And so he leaves his chai unattended. You know, I, I don't understand. He just got me. I don't understand why he would do it. But in any case, I went over there. Okay. I took his chai uh-huh. and I slipped into it. Okay. An ice cube. <laughs> an ice cube? You should have seen the way he looked. Like water? Wait, took wait, a... wait, wait. Water? Yeah. Ice cube. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It made it lukewarm. The chai was absolutely lukewarm. Yeah. It was yeah, wonderful. It's, um, it's, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> uh, um, I need to stop thinking about it. I am. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a week away. You know, we got to. You know what, Rowan? It seems like now, you know, the, even just the day after, the day after April Fool's Day. Uh, that's that's when you got to start thinking about April Fool's Day next year. That's true. It's true. 365 I, days to prepare. I have many ideas circulating in this noggin <laughs> for how to get back at him. Oh. Yeah. Want to let us in on some of those, Rowan? Ever heard of Oolong? But I, right, that, yeah, that's, that's fascinating, but, Rowan. But I, I do have a... Um, Something to discuss this evening. Uh, okay. A Eureka controversy Ooh. to start us off this show. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, what is a, remind us, what is a Eureka controversy? Well, again? of course, uh, a Eureka controversy is a, a moment in science or technology mm-hmm. where uh, there's a, a big divergence of opinions mm-hmm. and, and certain things happen that that are divisive frankly and this is extremely divisive um just on the face of it because as a part of the wider push to create greater uniformity among sort of the worldwide astronomical organizations nasa has announced that it will be discontinuing some of the classifications designations um informal names that have been used for asteroids and meteoroids by the space agency. Interesting. Um, Why? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons for it. The official reasoning is is that they're merely attempting to step in line with sort of the other astronomically-minded space programs elsewhere Mm. in the world. Because many of... Standardization. Exactly. That is the given uh, reason. Uh, But it is... The reason this is a Eureka controversy is because the opinion among many... Not just that, you know, not just that. Uh, You know, classically... Uh, laboratories in the United States, even federal ones, are very resistant to, say, using certain measurements, using the metric system. What you're saying is that there's something on top of just 
this fear of standardization that some some laboratories seem to seem to hold oh of course exactly it it's um i mean that would be perhaps the baseline reason and that's the reasons you'll hear sort of echoed among critics of this move in the professional spheres of mm-hmm. astronomy um uh the, the few people who are coming forward uh among amateur astronomers however and sort of stargazers right. and in that sphere Those are the a, craft. a lot of them are decrying this as an example of quote-unquote cancel culture really and, and 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 i we have no comment on that as an allegation no. this is not a political show we've never canceled science everything. and technology is not political it never has been never has been never will be and but but when you look at some of these designations some of these these terminologies that were used in official nasa reports mm-hmm. they haven't aged well it's fairly obvious sure um so some of these um sort of size categories for bulloids uh, asteroids and meteorites mm-hmm. they, you have things like god's fist <laughs> not very professional to be fair you know not not very sort of secular um no, i mean it's it seems threatening it, 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 and, and we it, don't want to seem like we're threatened by nature no certainly not and then there's the Brezhnev kidney stone, a mm-hmm. very dated right. uh, montezuma's revenge yeah, uh, the plan- somewhat ra- racist the plan- <clears throat> the planet penetrator <laughs> It's a good one. Uh, it's a very, it's a very, it, it's that's it's more of a designation to, to it. It's very evocative. Uh, there's the Frenchman's Courage, which is interesting. Uh, what does that mean? It's a very small asteroid. Oh, and okay, course, I can see that. Uh, and and then of course there is uh, Deborah's Dugs. Deborah's Dugs is that named after somebody? What, I don't understand the problem. Uh, in a sense, uh, who? It's a it's a reference to a um to a specific person's. To, um, the, to 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 the volumes to to a volume of a of a sphere that might be related to to Deborah, perhaps planted right there on her chest. So besides this, mm-hmm. there's also a uh, a lot of sort of informal specific designations mm. that will be omitted from future scientific material coming out of okay. the organization. So uh, like people with... like when you're when you're categorizing something as you know a certain kind of of meteorite these are going to be entirely eliminated well it it, will those previous ones in terms of large designations for sizes are being eliminated but these are more in reference to uh these specific designations these are sort of your informal names right these are sort of like your haley's comet right things that are that are when are we getting rid of that one um that is a hotly debated topic Mm -hmm. which uh i never cared for the guy but never um, cared for anybody named Haley. A bunch of these sort of informal designations. Uh, they also, you know, there, there's several hundred that refer to rear ends and breasts and genitals. <laughs> several dozen named after girlfriends, boyfriends, pets. Mm-hmm. Handful that were just racial slurs, as well as a number. Uh, just the bulk of them being harmless. Mm-hmm. However, right, uh, just harmless, silly names that reflected the practice of. Uh, giving names to asteroids that are discovered out in space by the individuals who discover them right and I having mean, the large latitude that is enabled through right. that i mean as, as science progresses there's always a a need to change terminology to fit common understandings of things I, i'd say uh, absolutely absolutely and, and and perhaps maybe this is something that you know in the fields it was understood as 
being incorrect, but perhaps to to a layman looking into their textbook or something, looking looking into the glossary, they see these names and they still think they're relevant today. Exactly, exactly. And and I understand the necessity of doing this. I, I really do as a scientist, as as well as a amateur stargazer, but mm-hmm. it, it is still a little bit sad when the flavor t- gets taken out of right. science I mean, a we're little lo- bit. Just we're losing so much historical background here. It, it, it really does, and it really only pro- affects professional astronomers. Right. Um, us in the astrological realm, myself, we're going to be continuing to use these informal designations as we see fit, as mm-hmm. is necessary. Right. Uh, and, and for the record, I will go on the airwaves to say specifically that they may call it 87 Sylvia in the textbooks, in the journals, in the proceedings of the societies. Right, but on to NASA.gov. Me, but to me, it will always be Stinky Boy. Um, and, you know, Rowan, what a hill to die on. So uh, I applaud I applaud. It's an your... asteroid. Right, okay. So for my Eureka moment this week, thank you so much for that, Rowan. Um, that's very informative. I didn't know about any of that. I don't know much about asteroids, but I'm glad you're keeping keeping an eye on those rocks out there. They have a very poorly understood but very subtle influence mm-hmm. on astrological readings right. and the studies that go on with that. So it's right. always been a sort of a pet interest of mine. Right. Well, so for my Eureka moment— this I was born under the stinky boy. For my Eureka moment this week, uh, Tech Brothers Laboratories— uh, New Media Labs once again has come up with yet another innovation in gamer technology. That's right. Uh, I mean, and let me let me start. Rowan, I know you have something to say, but let me get through it. I have I, a lot of things to say. With the problem, the problem is, so many people they feel so uh, they feel so alienated in gaming. Um, so, Tech Brothers being the innovative organization, especially the New Media Labs being the innovative, the next step, the evolution of gaming uh, that that it is that we're trying to push forward. Uh, we have the science of gaming. Exactly the science of gaming. Mm. We have a we have created a solution to this uh, this most alien the most alienating issue when it comes to gaming, and that is the use of language, and more specifically, inappropriate. And, well, alienating language in the language of gaming. Well, without getting into the discussion about how this is very, very loosely relevant to what we are attempting it's to do on this program. Technology, yeah, I said at the beginning. I, it it, 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 I, it technically technology. qualifies as such. Right. But I will admit that I do play video games on oh. occasion. I do enjoy... Look who's turning a corner. ...the occasional video game in, 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 in non-scientific activity as it is. And I will admit that... It took a very long time to become accustomed to the specific patois of online gaming. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a rich and textured sort of jumble of slang right. that is completely and utterly confusing when you first encounter it. But but ultimately, American gamer vernacular English has become a second language to me. Right, and like ideally, game gaming. Should be the ultimate social activity. I mean, being able to connect with complete strangers in in new places. It's a recipe for expanding a user's uh, experience and making real human connections. Um, which is why, in order to make gaming more applicable, more uh, more you know accessible to the largest amount of people, we've created a complex, intelligent, 
filtering software that we are implementing on Gammer, which is uh, Tech Brothers' own uh, gaming interface that we are calling Yoink. Yoink. Yoink, yes. Uh, so when you say a filtering software, in terms of the text chat, there's a bot that replaces words. What what do you mean by that? This is a complete overhaul of the of the entire a of, of the entire system. We are putting a nice layer, a nice sheen, a nice little filter, some a little net over the entire platform with which um, gamers can uh, communicate with other gamers. Because unfortunately, the you know the culture there the gamer culture is not necessarily ideal for those uh, as we call them in the field sensitive gamers hmm. uh, we've created a a way an intelligent and complex way to filter out uh, words and ideas and you know th- concepts uh, to ensure that all gamers are put into the prime place to enjoy their gaming experience uh, perhaps someone was using racist misogynist xenophobic language or even conveying sort of ideas or, or implications of this language via uh, the voice chat or the text chat or whatever this software yoinks those patterns out of the audio using patented yoinking technology and either removes them entirely or replaces them with more pleasant words such as friend or comrade or respected woman this sounds actually quite incredible. I'm quite impressed here. Right. Um, and I- in some cases, if we replace them, what's even what's even better to keep you in a ga- laser gamer focus is so important when it comes to gaming. Uh, so we, If you choose this method or depending on the, the circumstance you're putting in, it actually replaces those words uh, in the in the generated sp- in, an, in an artificial uh, mock and an artificial replica of that speaker's voice to make sure that you, you don't even notice, you don't even lose any focus in your actual gaming. That's that's in, that's incredible because I I have to admit I have had even after overcoming that initial barrier of learning that language, right? I, I've had some wonderful, I've had some very deep and some astute conversations while playing video games right but for the most part i i wonder if other people are putting in the same amount of effort that i am Mm -hmm. to have serious discussions while engaging in these video games and 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 to my understanding it seems like this will go a great way in fostering those deep and essential conversations that you want to be having exactly because you know in some in some ways uh gamer culture like that's the problem there's just so much of it it's so intertwined uh, we want to make sure we preserve gamer culture. We do not want to be insensitive to gamer culture. So in typical Tech Brothers fashion, we let users customize their entire uh, language profiles as fully as they're able to customize their, their characters, um, either their faces or their genital features or whatever you're able to customize with those characters. Um, for example, if you simply want to turn down a certain words or patterns of speech, you can. If you want to decrease the frequency or severity of the words or, or ideas being used, you can using our complex sensitivity index. And uh, or if you prefer simply to just sort of turn down the volume of those words or ideas, you can as well. Oh, without removing them. Exactly. I mean, sometimes it's you know you want to test some things out. You want to see where you re- where you reach you know Zen gamer. You want to find the sort of the uh, the, the, the culture and the that is 
good for your purposes, for your use case. Exactly. And we have tons of sliders that you're able to adjust and play with. You can turn down sexism, racism, misogyny, hate speech, creep factor, um, sort of specific offensive words or ideas, or even specific tones or emotions. And of course, you can also tone those back up if you would like to have those as well. Exactly. Um, You can automatically filter out comments made by noobs or plebs. Uh, you can accept accept problematic language from friends um, or just those sort of making observations or from those who identify as equal opportunity offenders because they're doing nothing wrong. It's, it's the marketplace of ideas in a, lot of, in a lot of cases like this. Exactly. And you can also, again, we're, we're looking at this from a very objective way. You can filter out what's being defined as radical ideologies. I mean, and if you need a definition for what that is, anything you could sort of throw the word anarchy or fascism into, we consider that a radical ideology. That's unfortunate. That, 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 that to me seems like it's towing over the edge because I know that I have oftentimes discussed, you know, very interesting ideas that perhaps would be considered radical mm-hmm. with individuals on these platforms and felt like I've made a connection. So uh, well, that's uh, how do you. I guess we're we're running low on time, but I that I have one reservation about. I love this with the exception of that. Well, Rowan, hopefully you can find those sort of microcosms in gaming that will sort of pop up as, as we expect to pop up from all the simulations that we're doing. However, of course, there are problems to a lot of this. So just in case of emergencies, as well as to prevent and monitor the inve- inevitable hacks to this software. Hackers, we expect them to go to pay real attention to all of this. But we have allowed for the purchase of a limited number of special NFBs, that is, non-fungible Bitcoin, or non-fungible brokens, as we've talked about before, um, as a viable method for sort of getting around these controls. Um, Basically, you can trade these NFBs for the privilege to break through the filters at any time. Um, So these are a real high commodity item. Well, Kai... That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I am hesitantly very interested in this. Well, yeah. Don't knock until you try it is what uh, I say. You know what? I would have to agree. Uh, but we are very much at the end of the first part of the show. So very quickly before we go to our station break, I have a very quick mid-show affirmation. All right. Uh, so this comes from Helen Fambeau, comedian and Outlook consultant. Okay. <clears throat> Positive thinking is more than just a tagline or a gimmick. It changes the way you behave. And I firmly believe that when I am positive, it not only makes me better, but it makes those around me look worse by comparison. Inspiring. And with that, we will be back with our special feature after this short station break. And we are back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. And I'm super excited because for this second half, we are going to discuss a new, ambitious educational research center that is opening up in Chicago's own SAISS. And that is, of course, the The Simon Simon Amy Institute Institute of Spirit Science. Science. And we are... I am, in particular, very excited to talk about it because this new facility, this new research center, is Mm -hmm. opening at my very own Next to the Yards campus. Right in your backyard. Um, Exactly. Literally. Uh, So, drumroll, please. The new center that is being unveiled is the Simon Amy Center for Honesty 
Diagnostics. And this Fascinating. the SACHD is the okay. first and only research facility that is exclusively devoted to the science and technology of detecting lies. Right. So I mean when I hear this I'm thinking thinking polygraphs and, and things like that, Rowan. Maybe sort of truth serums or stuff stuff like that. No, nothing looking nothing at body all. language or something? Uh, no, nothing, nothing like that in, in those sort of terms. Uh and, and that's excellent that you should bring this up because there are a lot of psychology labs out there and sort of private services that try mm-hmm. that attempt to do this work and say they are doing this work. Mm-hmm. Um and, but but not as a specific all-encompassing research directive and not using the same spirit science principles that can give honest determinations of well honesty yeah there's i mean there's not much data that comes from from those sorts of things what you're doing is you're taking actual data actual empirical evidence and you're turning them into solutions well that that is one part of it absolutely and of course the other part of it is that well, we're going at we're going at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. There, uh, change change in the stream. You're disrupting the entire industry. Well, it, it, well let, let me get into that. Let okay. me dig into that very quickly. But before I talk about how what we're doing here, mm-hmm. I should just say we. I'm not involved in the research going on mm-hmm. over there. But at, what they're doing at the research center is different from what is being done commonly right and what is being done commonly the most empirical tool that is used commonly in conventional fields of lie detection is and the polygraph it, as right. you put as you put it 100 percent. it's a common apparatus it's based used on, every day it's it's uh, every day all across the con- uh, country and the world yeah, every single every single prosecutor in the world uses it it's based on the principle, the polygraph is, right. of biometrics or mm. the study of physiological indicator. Those are things like heart rate, blood pressure, body capacitance. And in the capacity of measuring those metrics well and accurately, mm-hmm. it does that. It's, it, it's accurate in that sense. Mm-hmm. It works as intended. But, but, but here's the thing. For detecting lies, come on. Yeah. Just think about it. It's not even like... Not a lie. I had a pretty good steak. Doesn't mean I'm lying. There is no way to reliably determine if a person is lying based off of physical criteria. Mm-hmm. It's wait, it, Rowan, the, Even if you like, sort of, if you check their liver. Although that, that's the thing. No, it, it's because it's uh, lying is not a physiological process. Wait, even if somebody has really sort of yellow urine that that doesn't mean they're lying either not necessarily no it's not to say that there aren't physiological indicators that can be loosely correlated with right. stress responses and then stress rep- responses can be loosely correlated yeah. with honesty but it's there's so much wiggle room so much haze between those steps and that's... i've never met an honest person with with uh with cloudy urine the point being is that Lying is not a biological action. It is mm-hmm. not a, a physically meaningful action because it is a metaphysical oh, action. Interesting. It is a not simply psycho- psychological. It's an action that is defined by something that is not within the realm of empirical science of mm-hmm. the na- of the of the uh, the natural sciences as it's commonly known. It is right. something that requires the approach of the metaphysical of spirit science and that is the approach that we take at the 
Simon Amy Center for Honesty Diagnostics. Um, mm. and, and, and getting into that very quickly as well, we right. need to discuss truth as it is defined in the work that is being done at the center. Okay. And that is based on the principle of the Simon Amy hierarchy of truth. Hierarchy of truth. There is a hierarchy of truth, and that uh, that informs the entire procedures with which research and technology is applied. What, what are these? What is this hierarchy, Rowan? Well, it's it's essentially... It's like a pyramid. There's four layers of mm-hmm. truth that can be accessed based on various techniques. Right. Uh, so the first one, which is is known truth, this is sort of the the, the basic understanding of truth. Right. Known truth is things like specific specific facts, right? Such as what color is the shirt you're wearing? Do you like wine? Uh, or like maybe what were you doing last week or something? Where did you bury the body? <laughs> exactly. Those are known truths. The next layer up is an is called elemental truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's deep knowledge. That's uh-huh. that's truth found in the natural world. Things like the value of pie sure. or the, or the value of a man's life. Right. Th- this is the sort of truth that's understood. Or, and accessible by mathematicians and philosophers. Sir, perhaps, perhaps like uh, where you can, if you walk around with, say, sort of a lamp, maybe like the direction where you can go to find a good man. That would be an elemental truth, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, above that is something known as basal truth. This is mm. protean truth or ur truth. Uh-huh. This is the truth of oblivion. This is knowledge only known to those who cannot know. Those who are dying or newly born. The essence of reality, essentially. Experience devoid experience. Mm-hmm. That is basal truth. I'm, I'm really trying here. Ron. And then above that um, is harmonic truth, oh. also known as arcane wisdom. And, and we do not have time for that today. Uh-huh. So uh, without that established, uh, what we focus on at the Center for Honesty Diagnostics is known truths, that mm-hmm. first layer. And to that end, we find hungry rats quite effective. Uh-huh. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Rats? Wonderful segue into talking about the exciting new technology and protocols that will be available for individuals that are interested in studying honesty and truth mm-hmm. at our facility. Uh, because, of course, the whole idea with this center, and this is what makes it so unique and so interesting, right? is that people, specifically researchers, uh-huh. only researchers, will right. be able to access our services in determining truthful responses and coming to getting the truth out of individuals using these processes uh-huh. so that we can refine them and they get a service out of it as well right what defines a researcher rowan anyone looking for the truth interesting i mean that's yeah that's a researcher in my book citizen scientists welcome with that with that so yeah let's I, hear about let's hear more about these processes rowan Absolutely. Um, we'll start with, and there's many. I mm-hmm. cannot possibly cover all of the ones that are being established and are in the works to be right. established. I mean, but, but, but there's three exciting ones right. that I'm most. I, I think. I think the listener will find quite intriguing. Uh-huh. Um, so our first technique for honesty diagnostics, our first cutting edge technology, uh-huh. is, is biosensors. Okay. Uh, biosensors being the usage of. Uh, of, of, things, things to sort of read the person and understand like what they're what's using, going on. Using with them. biological uh, uh, 
getting entities and 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 responses uh, from biological entities. Are these like um, infrared sensors. Oh uh, well, we, what we're using is is rats um, mm. as our biosensors. The rat is notorious for its dishonesty. Really? Ask any biologist, any biologist that has to work with they them. They would know. They they do. And and that's why you have to go through so many rats to get good evidence. Right. Is because any one individual rat has a high probability of lying. Right. But, I mean, sometimes you put a rat in a maze and sometimes they only pretend. I mean, they, they go at it like they know what they're doing, but they have no idea. It's it, it's very confounding. And it's one of the reasons why. A rat anim- will never ask for directions. It's one of the reasons why animal testing is frankly so uh unreliable Mm -hmm. but because it's it has this inherent dishonesty the rat uh it is remarkably good at recognizing dishonesty in other individuals and what we do is we leverage that that innate ability with parapavlovian training interesting to associate in the biosensor a ravenous hunger when it senses someone lying Interesting. So it sort of light, uh, like begots or like, like understands senses like is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what we do is then we take this, this, uh, this biosensor that has been, uh, uh, trained in such a manner, mm-hmm. uh, and we put it in this carefully constructed enclosure, uh, which we can put the rat inside of. Mm-hmm. And what that enclosure is then done is placed on the face of an individual the research subject the individual mm-hmm. that they're attempting to uh question. To extract the the truth from exactly uh that individual the the way the enclosure works is mm-hmm. is phenomenal it's really quite clever there okay, is a grate that is between the the area where the rat is contained and the individual's face so like bars or... exactly that is just far enough away from the research subject's uh-huh. face that the rat cannot get to that individual uh-huh. Once they are placed in this setup, once the enclosure is affixed and the subject is restrained, mm-hmm. questions can be asked. For, yeah, they're restrained for uh, for safety purposes. For the safety of the rat, primarily. Uh-huh. Um, very hard to train. Uh, once questions are asked, answers are given, if the rat detects dishonesty, it will get very hungry and attempt to burrow into the skull of the research subject interesting and are i mean you said there's a great is that great is hopefully protecting the research subject it is 100 percent safe and mm-hmm. ethical right the rat that the, that is the uh the, the w- one thing i will say right now the rat is in fact very well fed it is mm-hmm. not a starving rat the the biosensors are very well kept kept care of right but like you said, they're very valuable. It's, you don't a, want it's a Pavlovian response. Right. Uh, if the grate broke, there would be an issue. But um, in, in any case, this particular type of biosensor has an 87% success rate, we found. Interesting. And I'm guessing, is this sort of like a one-size-fits-all sort of thing? Are you applying this this uh, this biosensor to every researcher that comes in with uh, information they want to extract? Well, we've, we've been experimenting with the number of biosensors and sort of the orientation mm. of the biosensors, specifically with regards to this uh, uh, um, rodent approach. Right. Uh, there's been some results that some tests that have been done with the biosensor sort of uh, at the ankles and placed around the feet of the research subject, uh-huh. uh, sort of more of a free range approach wherein there's a whole 
area around the research subject with which the the biosensor can climb and mm-hmm. and a sense uh, sort of a full body scan if you will <laughs> yeah, very very important you got to you got to check all all that right right um that's just one the second technique okay and this is I know it's going to be immediately controversial. There's going to be immediate, immediately controversial. immediately controversial because we discussed something earlier, and I said that the, we were not doing such things. Uh huh. And we are not doing the things that will immediately come to mind. Pranks? No. Uh, our second technique, which we have had uh, been doing a great deal of research on and had a great deal of success with, uh-huh. is chemical assisted truthfulness management. Oh, I see. Psychotropics are extremely effective at making people more open to discussing things they wouldn't otherwise be willing to discuss. Mm-hmm. This is a tool that's used in therapy. Um, which, of course, these truthfulness techniques can be applied to um, of course. for therapeutic purposes. And right. many, it's we are nice. told many are. Uh, right. But chemicals are known. Psychotropic chemicals are known to allow people to be in a state where they're more suggestible, where right. they're more willing to divulge things and, and perhaps internalize other things i mean yeah just look at you know just look at a bar you're you know, you're gonna see truths being thrown out all over the place exactly and and to go to the the other um app sort of uh, application of this these techniques and mm-hmm. the specific technique uh with regards to crime and solving crimes or interrogation how many confessions are the result of an individual at a bar getting too drunk and divulging something they shouldn't have right maybe to impress somebody or maybe just to to make an announcement to the and that's not to say that's not to say that we are working with anyone in the defense industry or Mm -hmm. police or military at all yeah you got to make that distinction we're not saying that we're not but (sighs) but we're not saying that we are they they certainly would be very interested in these uh methods they would be very interested in the idea that we implied that they were working um so uh i mean i mean whether they're ready for it i don't know it's so uh the question is the trick Mm -hmm. if you will how do you find a chemical cocktail that results in openness without inebriating too heavily right. to make those results useless? Mm-hmm. There's a number of compounds in testing that we are looking at that are very, very promising. And now mm-hmm. to get to my initial point about what I said that we were not doing. About like a truth serum. This isn't a truth serum. This is saying. not a truth serum. Okay. Truth serums are science fiction. Right. They are completely beyond the the pale of belief. Science fiction, fantasy. You read about them in a book. You read about them in, watch, a, in a James Bond novel. You watch them in a, in, a, in a Ben Stiller movie. Exactly, exactly. These are not truth serums. Mm-hmm. These are pills and powders. Of course. One candidate that has been very promising, very extremely promising, promising we've nicknamed it simple simon it has a success rate of 65 percent on its own and nearly 94 percent which is a seven percent increase over the biosensor by itself when we do it with the biosensor amazing it is incredible uh what 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 is it well (laughs) i i can't divulge 
all of it, all of the bells and whistles. It is, right. it is, uh, and it's also a a mixture. It's a living mixture, if you will. It's okay. still we're still working on it, but right. um, the key ingredient seems to be a natural Brugmansia extract alongside mm. ethically sourced bufotenin related compounds. I see. And does the ethical sourcedness affect the how well it works in any way? The effectiveness? No, but it affects our conscience. Right. You want to make sure you, you want to make sure you're doing this. Uh, you're doing this ethically. Well, of course. The final technique I'd like to talk about is our work in the field of serenity. Mm-hmm. So, so, so serenity. Now, it's not necessarily tr- truth, uh, but you're saying there's sort of a tie between serenity as a concept and and uh, achieving truth. Exactly, because the act of deception. Once again, it's not a physiological concept. Mm. It is a metaphysical concept in right. a parapsychological concept. Yeah. And peace of mind is anathema to dishonesty and right. vice versa. Yeah, it's so, like it's sort of like like they say, you know, if you got nothing to hide, what are you afraid of? Exactly, exactly. And so what we are attempting to do, I say once again, I say we, what uh, – Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science is attempting to do with this work in serenity is to bring a peace of mind to a subject that we are studying, that Mm -hmm. we are attempting to determine the truthfulness of and Mm -hmm. and the the facts, the truth that they have that we want. And the best way to achieve peace of mind in order to get them to divulge that has historically been and frankly empirically – proven to be meditation Mm -hmm. now realistically we cannot teach all of the research subjects meditation in any meaningful capacity no you have to you have to accept it no you simply cannot um especially with the research subjects that are oftentimes put in a situation where we want to access their known truths right they're going to resist it at every every turn exactly exactly so we have to do the next best thing to meditation Mm -hmm. to achieve serenity and that is of course sensory deprivation oh what we have constructed at the center for honesty diagnostics is the first ever fully contained and monitored 24 7 360 degree monitored research oubliette or the truth booth as we've taken to calling it fun so research subjects are placed in a two by one by one half meter vessel okay uh and lowered into a deep well roughly 40 meters below sea level fascinating Uh, the booth is soundproofed there is no light and the individual is comfortably raced rich restrained in a standing position right i mean yeah the most uh the most comfortable position instead of a standing position right and and with in that scenario in that sort of completely isolated completely shut off scenario 40 meters below sea level exactly that we find that to be the best distance in terms of right you tried it at 39 you tried it at 41 the farther down you go the better effectiveness you get but you end up with efficiency and pressure differences um and there is of course the comfort of the research subject in mind Mm -hmm. because this is all done with the research subject of course of course we can't have people enter a state of serenity of peace of mind if they are concerned that they will not be returning to the surface. Mm-hmm. They need to have completely lost the concept of concern and themselves. Right. 
the thought of death should be completely foreign to them. They should see themselves as a borderless, amorphous thinking entity. They should see their own their own limitations as uh, as figments of their imagination, as things to be dissolved right. around them until they are nothing but void. And then those those truths are the easy pickings from that point. Absolutely. And usually we find that it takes anywhere between 2 to 96 hours in the truth booth to achieve that state. Um, depending on uh, depending on certain factors. Uh, of course, of course. And w- once again, 360-degree monitoring, completely mm-hmm. capable in our research oubliette. Monitored by, by researchers, by individuals? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Or rats? Uh, the biosensors, we've been working on a way to implement the biosensors, but as, it as, hasn't quite... As security guards. The biosensors don't quite take to the sensory deprivation as well mm-hmm. as the research subjects. Well, a being just made of pure dishonesty, that thing's bound to explode in none of those things. So after this this initial period mm-hmm. of, of sort of acclimatization to the truth booth... Mm-hmm. A speaker is activated within the vessel uh-huh. that is very, that very, 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 very quietly repeats a question, the question you want answered uh-huh. over and over and over again, almost inaudibly. Right. However, at this point, the individual should be in a receptive state mm-hmm. to our psychic priming. Right. And after that process, the psychic priming process, after another 24 to 72 hours, we take that individual out of the truth booth and we find that they will answer any question honestly almost 98% of the time. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing that you get that you've at least uh, at least tested 100 people to figure this out. Well, that is that is part of the issue with this last technique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a time-intensive procedure. We only actually have four active oubliettes at the moment, but right. we are constructing more, mm-hmm. and we are improving the ones that we have. Right. Um, but uh, the success rate speaks for itself, right. and and this has also been a key, statistically significant a key technique in some of the studies into basal truth that we've begun at the center. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it goes well, we might even see us tiptoeing into harmonic truth studies really using using the truth booth fascinating i mean i i I wonder if you think that's like that's soon or that's a few years down the line oh several years down the Mm -hmm. line Uh, five to ten as they say well finding candidates that could handle the intense research regiment required for studying harmonic truth is going to take many decades in and of itself more more yeah the they need to search harder than they do for astronauts. The unfortunate thing is, is that most people that would be prepared to do such research, um, they find work elsewhere in private industries because right. they would. It, it's a dangerous field, right? And it requires a great talent. Right. So, Wolf of Wall Street's all about. There's a lot more that's going on at the Center for Honesty Diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many other projects that we have started that are getting started mm-hmm. um well that's that's excellent rona how about we move on to the citizen science oh yes and this is a fascinating one um so this is a bit of a, a bit of a read uh-huh. but there's some very interesting points that okay. are made so 
STDs come from two people having sex while being on different frequencies. Hmm. This is why you have people on Twitter having raw sex with different people every day and don't catch anything, but people that have casual sex a few times and now they got to get a shot. This is because diseases are caused by friction. Energetic friction will turn into friction within the cells. When people have sex with people they don't properly flow with, you get diseases. Therefore, low vibrational people should not have sex with high vibrational people. If you don't believe this, you're probably low vibrational yourself and you want to drain a high vibrational person's energy. I think that there's a lot of interesting points being made here. Mm -hmm. But classifying people into high and low vibrational is, limiting. frankly, it's limiting and it's the mark of perhaps a well-intentioned amateur. Right. Perhaps more research would be justified. Right. I think there's something here. I think it just requires a bit more understanding of the nuances of vibrations and how they interact Rowan, would you consider, consider yourself a high vibrational or low vibrational person i don't think that's a useful category uh -huh. <laughs> oh. then i think i know which one it is hmm. uh, i'd like to close on a quote by varsity tonic a social paleontologist and they said this curiosity is the gravity of identity YukiCast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers, New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and rebroadcast every Monday, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WIIT. 88.9 FM Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram um, and visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. That is awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast uh, to learn more about us or fill out your own application to be published um, in the research in the Journal of Citizen Science. Uh, Rowan, I think we have some other social media. Yes, if you do engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm or send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. There you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if someone you know, mm -hmm. or perhaps you Ooh. would like to be a guest on the program, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again, awcyfm at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And with all that out of the way, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast now to clap the cheeks of your curiosity. Until next week. Cheeks? <laughs>